Well, good evening. So in my defense of what happened in devotions, <laughs> oh my goodness, you just know that whenever he asked the question, okay, hey Jeff, tell us a little bit about Psalm 91, what that meant to you. And he asked that question and I quickly reached for my cell phone and said, oh my goodness, he's not going to stop there. I'm, I'm finding Psalm, Psalm 91 and Jeff's not responding. I'm saying, Jeff, say something. Jeff, say something. Jeff, say something. Come on, Jeff. And he's, he's not responding. I'm just sliding down because I know the radar is on. And then when he finally got to the children's pastor, and all the children's pastor could say is, it's about Jesus. <laughs> oh, man, it's great to have fun, isn't it? It's wonderful to be here on a Wednesday night. Uh, we had the uh, uh, privilege of celebrating uh, with my grandmother last night, her 89th birthday. And uh, so, yeah, just 89, 89 years, and she is just, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful grandmother, has uh, spoiled all of her grandkids. And, and uh, of course, uh, that would be her desire. If you asked her the qu a question, Grandmother, what do you want for your birthday? And uh, she would say, I want all of my my kids and grandkids and great-grands to be able to come together and celebrate. And so there were just people from California to Georgia, uh, just from around Michigan, from around the United States that we all came together and just had a, a wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful time. And, of course, uh, uh, her, her heart's desire, and she would tell this uh, to you, say, if, what, what do you want? She would say, well, I want my whole family just to, uh, just uh, to be obedient to the Lord, to serve the Lord. That's my heart's desire. Matter of fact, I think she may have even said that uh, last night, but that has always been her passion. That has always been uh, the message that she's communicated to our family. So it was a joy to be able to come together and honor her and celebrate her life and really carrying the, still carrying the banner at 89 years of age and saying there, there is something about serving Jesus Christ and we're going to continue to carry that, that banner. And it was a wonderful, wonderful night. Uh, we were on our way home and we uh, made our way down to Lake Wells, and we were coming back. And, of course, uh, Taylor was riding with us. Colby was uh, in the car, uh, my grandson. And, um, and of course, uh, his birthday is uh, right around the corner. And, of course, uh, we have, uh, uh, we're having this conversation with Colby. And we're saying, Colby, what do you want for your, your birthday? You know, we're getting ready. We're about a month out. What do you want for your birthday? And and of course, there's uh, no response. And Colby, well, and then you start just throwing things out on the table. And um, I'm like, Colby, what about Rainforest Cafe? I'm thinking Rainforest Cafe, five years of age, just these large uh, aquariums, uh, monkeys swinging from the roof, all of the sound effects that go with Rainforest Cafe. And uh, he's no. And then, of course, uh, uh, Chloe said, well, Colby, what about the beach? Do you want to go to the beach? Let's go to the beach. And thinking, hey, uh, what kid doesn't like to go and build a sandcastle? And, and of course, his response is no. And, and of course, uh, we throw out, well, what about Volcano Bay over in Orlando, this great water park? Surely, surely, Colby, you want to go to to, to Volca uh, Volcano Bay, and, and of course, again, just to know, and well, well, Colby, what is it, what do you what do you want? And he goes, I want to go to Target. 
I'm like, he wants to go to Target. But Colby, Rainforest Cat, no, I want to go to Target. I want to go to Target. At this, at this stage in his life, at five years of age, when he has his pawpaw and his nanny asking, what do you, what do you want? What do you want for your birthday? And in his own mind, he just, he just wants to go to Target. If I ask that at 10, if 15, how many of you know that Paul Paul's going to have some boundaries when we kind of pose that question and say, what is it that you want in reason? But in, in his mind, he's like, I want to go to, go to Target. If I were to ask you that question tonight, what is it, what do you, what do you want? What, what do you want in your, your own life, your personal life? If I could just come to you and say, okay, any request, any desire that you have, and I ask that question, what do you what do you want? Some of you that may kind of resonate tonight to think, okay, I, I know that maybe I'm an individual that just struggles with my self-identity of being having self-worth, that I've, I've had a history where I've been verbally abused, and if I could have one thing is just to be, to simply be valued. And if I were to ask that question to some other women in the room and to say, you know what, I would just, I would love if I could have one thing, what is it that you want? If I could have one thing, it would just simply to be, to be able to hear my husband tell me that he loves me. Early on in our marriage, five years in, we still had that passion, that fire was there, but now 10 years, 15, 20 years, we almost in a sense, have drifted apart. But I would, man, Pastor Tim, if I could have anything, I would just long to hear that my husband loves me. And you, you may be a husband if I said, what is it that you want as a, a husband? And you could say, man, I would love to be able to walk into the house and to feel like I'm the head of my house and for my wife to admire me and to, to, give, to give me respect. If I, could, if I could just have that as a man, that's the only thing that I'm, I'm really desiring right now personally in my life. Professionally, you may say, you know what, if there's anything that I could have, that if I, if I walked into the office, I would love to have an employer that values me as an employee, that, that I'm more than just a corporate number. It all really gets down to when you say, when you ask the question, what do you want? Well, who's asking the question? Who is it that's asking the question? That sometimes that as a follower of Christ, when we think about our life as far as our personal life, our professional life, our spiritual life, if we had any inkling that if Jesus were to show up in our midst and ask that question, how would we respond? What is it that you want? Sometimes we allow the battles and the difficulties of life to kind of overwhelm us, to kind of flood us, and, and we're, 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 we're bashful and we step back and we're not able to communicate clearly just exactly what we do want, that we struggle with that, and we forget that when we, when we step back and if Jesus is the one that's asking us the question, and then we're children of the Most High, his word is very clear that you, whenever you obey me, when you follow me, my desire is to give you the desires of your what? 
I'm, I desire to give you the, the desires of your what? Of your heart. And Jesus has something to say to us about this tonight, that we can step forward with great boldness and confidence. And when that question is asked, that we can respond and, and ask the Father to, hey, if, God, this is what's going on in my life, and this is what I desire. And I'm coming boldly and humbly to the throne. And I know that you're hearing me. Turn with me to John chapter 5. And let's look at what Jesus has to say as he's, as he's making his way into Jerusalem. He talks about this very issue. And if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And I can tell you that in the passage tonight, uh, with returning from uh, Israel, I, I've heard from many people prior to going, and this was my first experience, that the Bible actually will come to life as you begin to read it. You'll begin to look at the words on, this, on the paper, the scripture, through a different lens. And so uh, for me, this passage is coming to life. And, and I can tell you that in John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9, it says that sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Right there, whenever I'm reading that now, Jesus went up. I would have probably just continued to read and scanned right over that and says, Jesus went up into Jerusalem that is a, a reality. Geographically, now I know that whenever you're making your way into Jerusalem and when Jesus is walking in, up into Jerusalem and the disciples are walking up into Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and I, and I don't know, I just geographically have never really looked at it and studied it, but it's, I believe it's somewhere around 2,500 feet above sea level. And so we're, we're on the tour bus and, and how many of you have ever had a chance or a privilege to kind of ride through the Rockies or the Smoky Mountains? And you know that whenever you're on the incline, you can just hear the, the transmission and it's just that slow grind as you're going up. And we're on this tour bus and we're making our way into Jerusalem, up into to, to Jerusalem. And, and our guide on our bus was Messianic Jew. And, and all of the bus drivers, from what I understand, are, are, are Arab Muslims. So this is day three. We're, we're going up into Jerusalem. And by that point, man, our messianic Jew guide is just preaching the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And I'm listening to her, watching her, and she has great passion. She's delivering the information. I'm jotting notes. But yet at the same time, I'm keeping one eye on the driver too, who's Arab Muslim. And, and I'm like, man, what? This is really weird. I mean, some of the things that she's saying, I know I'm watching this driver and I'm like, man, he looks agitated. And I'm asking Sonia, how do you guys kind of manage this relationship? I said, you're, you're really, and she just looks at me. She goes, he knows it's true. He knows it's true. And I'm like, okay, day three, and we're riding in, man. And, and all of a sudden, they have it down, and, uh, and, and he, he starts, he starts uh, the, the tape, the cassette tape or the CD player, whatever it is on the bus. And as we're coming into Jerusalem and we're going, uh, lo and behold, it's John Starnes singing Jerusalem. And my Arab Muslim bus driver is singing with John Starnes, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I'm like, 
Well, come on, there's still hope. Jesus, come on, let's get this Arab Muslim bus driver saved right now. But man, it was just an incredible experience. And so as I'm reading this and, and I'm, I'm envisioning Muhammad now just driving the bus and singing, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You have to be there. You have to be there to see this. And you continue to read. It says, and it went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate, and you may see a picture up on the screen, the Sheep Gate, we, we were there. So now I'm, I'm reading this, and I know that I've been there at the Sheep Gate. A, a pool which is Aramaic is called Bethesda, the Pool of Bethesda. I, I, I've been there. I've, I've walked uh, the place where the disciples walked, where Jesus walked. I've, I've been there where that miracle uh, took place and happened. It says, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had, had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? In that encounter, Jesus is looking at this man that has been in this condition for 38 years, and he asks the question, what is it that you want? Do you want to get well? And to be there in that physical location, and it talks about that it was a Jewish festival, and to know that you look out and it was probably, I don't know, the size of about an Olympic-sized pool in the area, and so you can, you can see where there would be multitudes just sick people laying upon sick people. And in my mind, I'm imagining where Jesus is kind of tiptoeing through the sick, those that have gathered just to, to possibly be able to get into the water to receive some type of healing. They're healing for the day. And, and Jesus comes and asks the man that was laying there for 38 years a, a rhetorical question, a strange question, an awkward question to where the, the man, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, he's probably like, really? Do you want to get well? You know, you ask, is the, Catholic pope, uh, is, the, is the Pope Catholic? Do birds fly? Do fish swim? Do you want to be a, a loser for the rest of your life? Will George ever win the national championship? And he asked that question. Jesus knew. There's some people that they really don't have any desire of getting well. Possibly the invalid that's there, perhaps he had become so comfortable, accepted this as his lot in life, or yet to a point to where hopelessness had just overtaken him, that he probably paused before he answered the question. So the question is for you tonight, if Jesus were to step into your life right now, if Jesus were to step into your situation, if Jesus were to step into your personal life, your professional life, 
into your spiritual life, how would you respond to the question? It really gets back to the idea of who's asking the question. And as a follower of Christ, there there are moments on the spectrum that we can look and see the mighty hand of God and how he has answered our prayers in the past. But then how quickly do we forget what the master, the son of the living God has done for us and then we simply accept a circumstance or a difficult situation and yet the, the Holy Spirit, the Heavenly Father is stirring within us and is saying, what is it that you desire? What is it that you want? How will we respond? And for the invalid, he responds, sir, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. The lens that he's looking through speaks of hopelessness, speaks of doubt, speaks of self-pity. May that never be the position that a follower of Christ takes for whenever we hear the voice of God that we respond, master, redeemer, creator, the one that changes the way, the one that orders my footsteps. Yes, the soon and very coming King, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Yes, I hear your voice. Let me respond respond with great enthusiasm, with great faith. I had an opportunity uh, this past Friday. I was here in the office and needed to get uh, to the, the, the mechanic, the auto mechanic, to pick up my car and and I uh, could not find a, a ride to the, the auto mechanic. So I pulled my phone out, pulled up the Uber app, and I Ubered. You know, I Ubered someone uh, to come to the church. And so we get in the car and of course, uh, we're having that quick conversation back and forth. And I'm saying, here's where we're going. Are you familiar with Lakeland? Do you know where Gary? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been, you know, here for five, six years now. And, and uh, of course, we had that conversation. And of course, we had just Ubered on the way back from uh, the airport a few nights before. And there's not a lot, typically not a lot of dialogue, but uh, I'm sitting in the back seat. She's driving. And, uh, and of course, uh, she says, well, what do you do? What do you do at Victory Church? And, and I'm thinking, well, we were just going to have a quick five or ten minute ride and no really conversation. Of course, uh, she asked, I said, well, I'm one of the pastors on staff here. She goes, oh, okay, all right, great. And, and uh, so she went in and uh, went into further uh, conversation and uh, quickly let me know that her, her uh, perception uh, or experience with the church was not positive. And so she's just going, carrying on, carrying on, carrying on. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you're, you're opening this door up. And so we had that dialogue, that conversation back and forth. And I said, look, you know, Adam and Eve, they ruined it for everybody. You know, humanity, pastors. I'm, I got to tell you, I'm a pastor at the church, but I'm flawed. I'm not perfect at all. I can tell you, man, there have been things that I've done in, in my past that I'm not proud of at all. And I probably have wronged people along the way, not proud of it at all. But that's just humanity. That's, that's, the, uh, that's, that's the sinful nature within all of us. 
And she's listening. I said, but I'm grateful for the grace that God gives to us. I said, I'm, I'm grateful that there are moments that I try my best to extend grace to others, just as I would want grace to be given back to me. And so we're driving along, and we finally get to the destination, and, and she looks back and she says, you know what, I really appreciate the conversation today. Thank you. I said, you know what, I'm glad that we were able to connect. I said, let me tell you, Easter's right around the corner. I said, you're welcome at Victory Church. Victory Church is a place for hurting people to come and to be healed by Jesus Christ. I hope that you'll join us on Easter. She didn't say that she would come, but I'm praying and believing that that conversation, those steps that were ordered by the Lord, any other Uber driver in Lakeland, but God directed her onto this campus for a reason. And that I'm, I'm hopeful and believing that the past experiences will no longer be for her and her life. That whenever she hears the message of Jesus Christ and the power, the redemptive power of his blood, that she won't continue to fall back, but yet she'll be, she'll be able to clearly understand who's asking, what is it that you want? That it's the Savior of the world and that her eyes will fall upon him and not man. How many of you will be praying that God will continue to stir within her heart and stir within the hearts of others that we will have an opportunity to reach on this Saturday through Saturate Lakeland, 13,000 households as we go out and, to, and look for real life change to happen within our community that past experiences will no longer dictate someone's perception of who God is and what he can be in their lives. And Jesus said to him, and I love this part of the passage of Scripture because he speaks with authority. He says, get up. That after get up, there's the exclamation point that some of your, your, Bible, some of your Bibles might say that he says, rise up, get up. It's time for you to get up to your feet. Whenever the invalid said, there's no one to help me. There's no one that's on my side. There's nobody here to help me to get into the, the water. All of my circumstance seems hopeless, but Jesus speaks to him with authority. And he says, get up. That same spirit is here tonight. And that same voice resonates with us in this room that regardless of your personal condition, your professional condition, Jesus Christ is saying, get up and take your mat and walk. And it says in that passage of Scripture that he was immediately cured of his illness and that he took his mat and he began to walk. So when the question is asked, what do you, what do you want? We can take a position of authority because of who lives within us and say because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, the redemption of mankind, the miracles that were performed then are still available to us today. 
that I no longer have to live in loneliness, that if, if I want to spend my life with, in relationship with someone else, I've got to believe that God has someone for me. If, if I want to walk into an office and, and to be valued and to be respected, I've got to believe that God is opening the doors and positioning me into the right office to where I feel valued. If I'm in a marriage that may seem to be on its last leg, I've got to believe that whenever Jesus says get up, he can also speak to that situation and say get up and I can get up and walk in faith because of who I serve. And his name is Jesus. And to know that this coming week, over the next few days, until we come back together on on Sunday and we get ready to corporately worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords, what do we do with this? What do we do with the message of what do you want? When When we take it and we begin to write it down and we say, what is it that I want? And we begin to, 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 uh, to write with great boldness and clarity exactly what we want the Father to do in our midst and circumstance because of who Jesus is. We can write. Say, God, this is what I desire. I don't have to fear because I know that you desire to bless me, to give me the desires of my heart. Just as you desire to walk into that man's life, into the crippled person by the pool, and you told him to get up. God, I'm ready to, to rise up and to walk out of my hopeless situation and to walk into hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, that may be you in the room tonight. You may be that person. That you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. And there are big dreams that are deep within you that you have kind of just pushed down because you feel disqualified. You've allowed your past to just linger around. And have you forgotten who the author of your faith is? Who has great things in store for you, great purpose, great plans. And tonight is a night of action. Do you say, I hear his voice. I hear him saying, get up. Take your mat and walk. That may be exactly what God is looking for, for that man or that woman that's in this room tonight that feels hopeless in your relationship, in your marriage. And God is saying, get up, take your mat, and walk. That person that is struggling with just low self-esteem, 
God may be speaking you t- to you tonight. Say, get up, take your mat, and walk because you're my child. And if that's you, as Pastor Randy gets ready to lead us into a worship song, if that's you tonight and God is speaking to you to say, get up, take your mat, and come forward. Our altar team is here. We're going to pray in just a, a few minutes a prayer of benediction. But if that's you tonight, you say, I want to come, I want to get up, I'm going to take that action step. I feel God is calling me to the altar. If that's you, as Pastor Randy leads us in this worship song, just begin to move. We're not going to wait long, but if that's you, begin to move right now. Make your way to the altar as Pastor Randy leads us tonight. in the in the sanctuary tonight reach my hands to the heavens I lift my eyes where my help comes from I look to you my rock and my healer I trust in you we'll sing that again I lift my hands tonight in your presence I lift my hands to the heavens, to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock and my healer. We'll sing it one more time tonight. I trust in you. He's all we need tonight, so I lift my hands. I reach my hands to the heavens, to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock and my healer. I trust in you. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for tonight, God. Thank you for speaking to us. I pray, God, right now, Father, for every person that's in this room, Lord, those that may be struggling in their faith, I pray, God, that they would begin to to be encouraged in their spirit, that they would walk with great faith, to know, Father, that you are guiding us and directing us. I pray, Lord, for every marriage that may be in the room tonight that needs encouragement. I pray, Father, that you be that encouragement to them. I pray right now, Father, for that that lonely individual. I pray, God, that you would be that person that that brings hope and life into into their very being. 
I pray now, God, for every household that's represented in this room, those spiritual struggles that may be happening or taking place. I pray, God, that we would be committed to developing our spirit, man. I pray, God, that we would take those steps, Lord, that we'd be strong in our faith. I pray, God, that we would have ears to hear the prompting that comes from your Holy Spirit. That when you ask us what we want, pray, Father, that we would step forward with great confidence to know that you're calling us to a better life, Father, a more fuller life that is found in you. And God, I pray for that person that may be watching online or here in the house tonight that is yet to make that decision to be a Christ follower. I pray, God, that they would simply utter the words, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, be the ruler of my life, make me a new creature in you. I pray, God, that that would be their prayer. And I pray, God, also for uh, this coming weekend, I pray, Lord, that you would go before us and watch over us and protect us, Lord, as we desire to reach our community through Saturate Lakeland. I pray, God, that we would prepare ourselves for an incredible Easter service where thousands of people will walk onto this campus looking for life change. I pray, God, that when they get here, that they'll meet you, your son, our Savior, our Redeemer. His name is Jesus. I pray, God, that life change would happen. I pray now that you'll be with us as we'll depart. Watch over us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Randy's going to continue to sing and worship. You're more than welcome to stay and worship with us. Thank you for being here. God bless. Have a great week. So I reach my hands. I reach my hands to the heavens. Lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock and my healer, I trust in you. So I reach my hands, I reach my hands to the heavens. I lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to you, my rock, my rock.
Just open up your mouth and worship him. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. You're our freedom. You're our hope. You're our joy. You're our peace. You're our strength. You're our sustaining hand. Oh, we need your presence more than anything, God. More than the air I breathe, Jesus. More than the song I sing tonight. Oh, it's strength. Oh, when I call your name.
Oh, God, we love you so much. We worship you, God. Thank you for the word that was brought forth tonight. We pray that we would apply everything that you're speaking to us. Help us, God, to step into our Thursday, trusting you like never before. We love you tonight. Bring us back here safely this weekend. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, we love you so much. Thanks for staying. We'll see you this weekend either at our North Campus or Lakeside. We love you guys.